0: Morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Thursday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day week it is for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Daily Boost Thursday. Whew. What a week. November. It's getting cold. Talking about influence, how important it is to understand it, where it goes, how it happens, how you get to set the tone for your own life. It's such a big deal that the power is really in our hands we don't really appreciate just how much that is because we allow other people to determine how we feel and we don't need to we don't really need somebody else to make us feel the way we feel you wake up in the morning you get to choose how you feel now it's not easy it's really important to understand that emotions are things that are the most complex things that we have. It's hard to manipulate your emotions. It's hard to choose your emotions. You ever give advice to somebody else and it's so clear and it's so wise? You ever have someone come to you with their problems and you're like, you see it clearly? Do this, do that, don't do that. I know you want to say that, but trust me, don't, don't say it. Right. And and the person's like, wow, thank you. Like, how did you, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have. Wow. And you're like, yeah, like you feel like you're like a wise, you know, Oracle. Like you're like, yeah, no, I know you want to pick up the phone and say that, but trust me. And they're looking at you like, wow, you're so strong. You're like, yeah, well, happen where you like give advice to somebody it's so clear and clean and then like next week the same thing happens to you and like you blow it you know why that is it's because when you were giving advice since it wasn't you there was no emotion involved There was no emotion it was just intellect it's someone else's problem just happened this week i was giving encouragement to somebody in my home that was disappointed by the results of something i was like so i was like god's with you gotta really live and realize that everything is for the best and it was so clear to me i was like you could do this don't worry about it i was like why isn't it she just listed it like and she was but like And like the next week, like something disappointed me. Like, where was I? I wasn't feeling the exact. Okay. Was I working on myself? Yeah. But did I feel the way I said it to somebody else? No. Why is that? It's because it's not because of emotion. Because when it's somebody else's problem, you don't have an emotion connected to it. It's someone else's problem. Maybe if they're really connected to you and then you can't do it. Right? Like if it's like, Someone ha- like if, if if a family member gets hurt by somebody else, you're like not you you can't give a good advice. You're like, oh call that person and like you're you're worse than the person is. But the minute you're outside it, the minute you're looking in, cool, calm, collected, logical, because emotion really is what drives our decisions. We think we're logical beings, we're really not. We have logic and we use logic, but for the most part, we don't make decisions on logic. I think I did this here, Um, the 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 study they found with the guy with the brain damage, I'm not sure. Maybe Judy or if Andy's on, he'll tell me. We did it there was a great study that really broke open this whole area in science about a person who suffered brain damage and had a complete recovery um, and ran his own business, had a family, really a normal, regular, healthy life, got into a car accident, suffered certain brain damage, came out of it and recovered fully. But yet his life started to unravel, and they didn't know why and they put him through. MRIs and scans, and they realized that there was one little part of his brain that was still damaged. And that was the part of the brain that governed emotion. That he logically understood what to do and what not to do, but there was no emotion. And it's the emotion that drives decision-making. If you're just too cold to something, you can't make decisions and give advice You can have somebody else do it. But when you're in it, it's the emotion that drives you. It's the emotion that makes you feel things. You need to have both the logic that's the the path, but the emotion is the gas. It's what keeps you going. It's what what makes the feeling of life tangible. Emotions are so critical. And yet we allow somebody else to determine our emotions. The most critical, really, force in our life. We we know, I'm sure you know, and I know people that have everything going for them except for their emotions and they just can't get it together. And what do they got? What do they got? They fly off the handle. What do they got? Really? Everything, except for their emotional awareness they can't control their emotions, they don't have a life. They can't be aware of someone else's emotions, they can't connect to people. What do they have? Emotions are so critical and we give that to everybody else. We do, we give it up. We hand it to the news agencies and say, good luck. I hope that you produce something that I like or else I'll be in a bad mood. Remember that, that 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 thing that that documentary? Well, it was a documentary I saw it eight months ago with CNN. Do you remember that whole thing? There was like this undercover thing with CNN that came out. I was horrified, to be honest. Not that I watch much news anymore. I was horrified. There was a guy that was taping one of the top producers on CNN's show. You, if you, I don't, I don't know where it is. I'm sure you guys can find it. It's, they're literally in a restaurant. And the guy's got a secret camera, like you could see it like by like the the, the water glasses. And this guy's telling them the strategy during the height of Corona, where they would repress any stats showing recovery. He's saying it, he said, blood in the streets sell ads. I think that was like something around that line, blood in the streets sell ads or something to that effect. Meaning like, we're not saying that people are getting better, Death, 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 sickness, sickness, death, sickness, sickness, death, death. Every day, every day, death, death, death. Any level of positive recovery, just get out. That's not the zone. And if you remember during that time, it was during the elections and and, the, and, and, uh, and Corona. I mean, these, these news agencies were, were, were flooded. People were living on, on news 24 seven, checking Corona stats on Google every day here. Take my emotions, please. I have an idea. Why don't you take my emotions? And when you are financially incentivized to give me things that my survival brain will, will need to look at, which is danger. But hopefully it'll be good. Let's see. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. Why don't I start my day by handing it to, to CNN? Oh, I wonder why I'm in a bad mood all day, because every morning I read about how the world's coming to an end. Hmm. Oh, that's why I'm anxious. Because every single headline that I read is programmed to be negative because negative headlines attract greater eyeballs, because that's what our survival instinct looks at, and more eyeballs leads to more money for them. Hmm. Here's my emotions. Oh, the boss, why don't I hand him my emotions? The children, yeah, I know they're little. Maybe they should have my emotions. We hand the world the most valuable resource we have called our emotions. Because we think that we can't control it. We think we can't set the pace. We think we can't set our own emotional equilibrium. And we're wrong. We have the ability. And not only the ability, we have the responsibility. That's why Rabbi Nachman says, Mitzvah gedolet is a great command, lehiyos, to be b'simcha tamid, always happy. How can one be always happy? Because that requires conditioning. You can be happy on good occasions. How do you become happy on days where you suffer challenge? Only if you've conditioned happiness into your emotional fabric. You can be in shape every day of your life if you condition yourself. Not saying that someone won't get sick, but they're still doing their part. Well, guess what? Rabbi Nachman says, you know what our part is? Emotional Mastery, happiness is in your hands. Maybe some days it'll be like over the moon happiness and maybe some days it'll be just, you know, sort of reserved empowerment through challenge. It doesn't have to always be the same level of happiness, but you're always in in the spectrum called happiness. The world's not giving that to you. No way is the world giving that to you. No way, because if you were fully happy, you wouldn't have to buy half the garbage that we buy, and you wouldn't have to look at half the screens that we look at, and we wouldn't have to always be in the middle of ups and downs. We would actually live healthy, productive, exciting, deep lives, but then people can't make a lot of money. we have the ability to control our emotions this is super hard that's our on this earth to do things that are hard but at least to begin our day this way at least to start in the morning and say i'm setting the tone i'm responsible if you are given the opportunity to be in a family Or friends or in a community, and there are people that look up to you, whether because you gave birth to them or because you are teaching them or because you are working with them. If you were given that ability to have someone look up in you, you could be changing how that person sees the world forever. Like you could be conditioning behavior in somebody else forever. That's an incredible, incredible bit of influence. That's, you're going to wake up in the morning when you leave this house. And for the rest of your life, there will be an imprint of someone that you saw. And when you saw that person wake up in the morning in a bad mood, or wake up in the morning disempowered for small reasons, or constantly be annoyed, or be thrown, you're going to learn that you're not in control of your emotions. But when you wake up in the morning as a child in a home, or when you go to work or you go down the block or you see a friend or you're involved in anything and the person standing before you is a paradigm of empowerment and of happiness, you're going to learn this is possible. I can set the tone. I can be in charge. Can you think of more influence than that? Does it get more, the ability to influence other people? Does it get bigger than giving them the frame to control their emotions? This is what it's about. This is like the greatest gift you can give somebody. It may not be like the one-liner that they put on their like loose leaf or on their wall. It may not be that like great idea that they're gonna hear and tell over. You may not like catch a pass that they're gonna talk about You know, every year on the anniversary in which you caught the pass to win the game, they may not even remember because that's not how it works in neuroplasticity. It's consistent. But you're giving somebody the gift of taking responsibility for their emotions. And when you take responsibility for your emotions, you make better decisions. You have deeper relationships. You don't distance people because you're in a bad mood. You don't say things that hurt people because you're not sensitive to somebody else. When someone comes at you with complaint and negativity, they walk into your force field and it feels off and they stop. And for some people, there's no place they can go in which negativity and complaining is not the currency. For some people, all they have is that currency. It's a constant stream of "woe is to me." Covered in, I'm working so hard in my life. Covered in, I'm insecure with myself, and everywhere they look is just they're ping-ponging with people. Their entire existence is just one long stream of complaints. You read stories from the psychologist Irving Yalom of people that went through near-death illnesses to say that, which is shocking, no one should ever know these things, that if they had a chance to walk into that doctor's office eight months earlier and not be told they were diagnosed with that illness, they wouldn't do it. Because in those months, they finally lived with depth and they finally lived with hope and they finally lived with strength and they never had a chance to do that. And it took a near-death experience for their family to stop living in pettiness and for themselves to not appreciate the little things in life and here they are after surviving a near-death experience which may have taken multiple years and they're telling the psychologist look at the research that they would they would do it all over again because they never would have otherwise known that you can live your life like this that you can control your emotions, that you can appreciate things you can't, that you wouldn't be able to appreciate, that you can live with deeper relationships. How else would they have known their life was going at at, at you know a, a seven at, at a treadmill, and they were just doing a, a fast, brisk walk through life, and they never had a chance to ever take a moment to breathe? Why do we need to do that for? Because there's nobody modeling the behavior. There's nobody modeling the behavior of always happy. There's nobody modeling the behavior of gratitude. On the trip, we just did this. We did an hour-long prayer workshop. If you're listening from the trip, an hour. You know what we did in an hour? The 18 morning blessings. For those who are not aware, every morning in the prayer service, There are 18, I think there are 18, there are probably more if you add this and add that, whatever, 18 plus. Morning blessings, which a lot of people say in 10 seconds or less, other people don't even know about. It took us an hour because if you go through the blessings, thank you God for opening my eyes, for giving me clothes, for resting my feet on firm ground making me stand up straight for overcoming my my exhaustion go through the blessings every day what it's supposed to do is give you the control of your emotions you fill your morning with gratitude i can see i can eat i can swallow my body works thank god there's, a, there's, there's a, this ground outside that I can walk on. There's my needs are being met. There's food in my home. There are places today that don't have that. And just when you begin your day, this is why prayer is so critical. It's filled with emotional gratitude so that you can have the power to, to take responsibility for our emotions. I was talking to Ben Perry, the CEO of this organization Momentum, and he was saying that one of the great things that he's done, which I agree with, I've done thank God myself, is that he never checks his phone before he prays. Says it's Modani every morning. And we were talking about it on the trip, and guys were saying the minute they put on their phone in the morning, they wake up, phone goes on, it's it. Someone else is running them. Someone else is controlling them. We're responsible for this stuff. That's one of the great, by the way, I'll end with this. I think one of the greatest revelations that's going to happen to us after we die and we stand before God is we're not, we're going to realize that we had a lot more control than we thought. That I think is going to be the scariest thing we're going to realize. We're going to be like, what? I could have done what? And God be like, yeah, you're my partner. What What are you joking me? You know what I gave you? Like, no, I was just bouncing around like a ping pong ball. God, like a ping pong ball. You're a piece of God. Ping pong ball. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to think that. No, I did. No, that's not how I made you. You think about it, it's scary. With great ability comes great responsibility. All right, everybody. Oh, I see Andy on. If I don't know if that's Andy Boltex. Andy, if you're on, I just want to tell you that we miss you. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day with God's help. I cannot wait. See you again tomorrow. Great right day.